Welcome back to the Nullify Take channel here on YouTube, where we've got the TNT takes for you on Survivor 43 episode one. That's right, it's premiere episode, and I'm your host, Chris. I'm joined by my co-host, Jake, as always, um, and we're here to review and break down everything from the first episode. Jake, how does it feel to finally have Survivor back in the US? It's, it's great. Um, I didn't tune into South Africa every, what was that, four times a week, uh, yeah, like you rough. did, but... Um, yeah um but yeah it's nice to you know i think once a week is it's that's that's a good you know consistency i i agree i love the one episode yeah. per week it gives us a whole week to digest and dissect what mm -hmm. happened you know we can talk to fellow fans and i feel like everybody is like up to date at the same time when there was like four episodes yeah. in south africa you know you never knew who saw the fourth episode in the week so you didn't know what you could talk to them about you know yeah. so uh I, I much prefer this uh, i was quite surprised though jake because i have you know you, i normally don't like listening to other youtubers or other podcasters because i don't want their ideas to get stuck in my head so i like to go into this and have my own opinion but i did listen to one or two things here and there not full episodes but there was a lot of negativity online about this first episode and i don't understand why like from the people that i've listened to like i enjoyed it i thought it was a good episode yeah same here i did see i, I didn't listen to any podcast but i do um every week i always after the episode just go on reddit just to see kind of what the general thinking is seemed like it was mostly positive on there i think one thing is they felt like maybe it it felt a little too similar, like the structure to 41 and 42, you know, like, that's the, you know, the materials, they don't, they don't get their, all their materials. They have to like, if they don't win the challenge, then they have to, you know, do the challenge at camp. And the, the, the challenges were, you know, like they even had the same like name savvy and sweat as uh 41, 42. So I, I see that, but I mean, you know, it's a whole new group of people and I, I like the cast quite a bit based off what we've seen I thought there was a few cute little editors jokes in there i mean the challenge was pretty good i i don't i don't see where all the negative negativity would be coming from well there was some hot takes from certain parts of youtube where people were saying like okay. you know, we again what you mentioned was the same thing like uh, some of it was too much the same so they feel like production has gotten lazy they're not moving away from fiji they're cutting down the days they're re regurgitating the same structure from the start uh th they did change Shipwheel island a little bit i guess so we'll talk about that there's a different element to that but it's kind of still the same thing but you've mm -hmm. got to wonder you know this has been jeff's thing the whole time he's always said to everyone uh you know we've done this thing for 40 plus seasons we need to continue to evolve 
the game and do things differently. It's why he brought in the edge, which I wasn't a fan of. It's why he keeps trying new things like fire tokens or, you know, potentially the do or die, not the do or die, the, the die, you know, uh, that you get at the end that you can try and, and save mm -hmm. yourself, the, the shot in the, shot dark, in the dark, you know, yeah. so, so, so he tries yeah. to do different things, but I kind of feel like, you know, because I feel like we, we have to be critical of the game because that's what we do. We critique, we review, we, we applaud when they do things well we're criticizing it when things aren't going so well but you know our survivor fans running the risk of becoming almost like star wars fans you know where nothing can ever be good enough and nothing can ever please them i feel like we're, we're running that right. risk at the moment i think that the fiji the the fact that they're staying in fiji is like that's what's gonna make survivor fans go insane like star wars fans because that was the whole thrill of the early seasons is like, where are they going next? You know, at the re at the end of that seat, the previous season uh, reunion, mm. they would show look where we're going next, next season. And now it's like still in Fiji. And I, I like it. It was funny at the beginning of the episode, Jeff was like, he kind of was like reverting back to like how they do it in the um, older seasons where he's like, these 18 americans have been yeah. dropped off in the middle of no like it's like jeff it's, they've it's agreed to abandon yeah. their yeah. life you know and come <laughs> to this deserted island yeah. it was it was so intense but yeah. but this is where I, I actually quite enjoyed it i think that's where jeff is at his best no like, I, I, when uh, jeff, yeah yeah when jeff when jeff goes into host mode there is no one better like where i've had issues mm -hmm. with jeff in the past and and i've been critical is the fact that he's running the show and i feel like he's made a lot of big decisions that i haven't been a fan of but you know there is no survivor without jeff so you have to give him that respect there's a reason the show's gone mm -hmm. on for 40 seasons and he is bloody good as a host so when he does that thing and he does his whole monologue at the beginning when everybody's you know spoken about how they're going to create their own society and you know all that things i think it's good and also it does help for newer fans that are getting into the show that have not seen it before. Like I think Cody is an example of that. He said he started binge watching survivor over the pandemic. So he wasn't a fan prior to that. Yeah. Um, yes. I think that that is, that's true. It's good for newer fans. And I think that that aspect of it, that, that doesn't apply to them. You know, they're like, Oh yeah, it's Fiji. They, they, if they've only seen like since 41, they probably assume that they they were in Fiji the whole time and the whole, you know, different locations doesn't even register for them. One thing I will say that I kind of didn't like about more of the beginning of the episode after this, I think everything was great, honestly, but I, I'm starting to get a little tired of the whole, like, what does survivor mean to you? And he goes like to every person. It's like, I, I like the that other critique for, like, I saw. Yeah. yeah. I liked that for 41 because it's like, you know, we didn't have Survivor for a long time. And I think we wanted to like, you know, kind of have like a kumbaya. All the fans are like, let's remember why we love Survivor and why we're happy it's back, you know. But now it's like, well, okay, we're kind of back in the groove of things. Maybe, you know, do you yeah. agree? 
I, I hear you on that. I personally heard a bit of criticism from different parts where people were saying, we're getting to know too many people, their story, you know, why do we care? There should only be a few people that actually are, you know, going to win the season and that. And that sounds very much to me, and I know a lot of people are listening to this podcast have never seen Australian Survivor. That sounds like Australian Survivor to me, and I don't want to follow Australian Survivor when it comes to editing. Uh -huh. I'm enjoying the fact that we're seeing more people. Um, I'm okay. I can, I can live with the one episode where they talk about how much survivor means to them uh how much there's a backstory right. for for all of them because it makes me care about the players more so that when they leave i feel the hurt of seeing someone go that early you know um so i don't have a problem with with the way that they're editing it currently and we also remember last season was the same thing the first episode was brilliantly edited across the board everybody had a lot of airtime, but then it did start normalizing as the season went on we did start focusing more on the people that mattered but at least i knew who every single person was. So I'm a fan of the way that mm -hmm. this first episode was edited personally. I was as well. I mean, I can pretty much tell you like who everyone is like just based on what I learned in the episode. And you can't say that for Australian survivor, for example. And yeah. I really, I really like that. I felt like, and I never felt like it was like filler where it's like, you know, they were just like just giving it to them just to give it just so they could say they gave it to everyone. I felt like it was actually like, OK, yeah, that, that was like relevant and it fit well. I agree. Yeah. So yeah. we got to, we got to know all of these different uh, people from the different tribes. I'm going to today. I know people are going to get annoyed with me. I'm probably going to stick to yellow, blue and red quite a lot when I talk to the, about the tribes, yeah. because yeah. Uh, it's it's hard to remember all these bloody tribe names every year and there's too many survival seasons that i've watched but i know mm -hmm. towards the middle of the season i'll start remembering the tribe names but you know yeah. we get to see people from these three tribes it's baka coco and vesi um and you know you said we we did get to see a lot of people sort of what their personalities were like um what their backstories were like who stood out to you who do you feel you know, these are the people at the moment that you're going to get behind. I know it's very early. It's only one episode in, but surely you've got one or two people that you're rooting for at this stage in the game. As for rooting for, I'm not quite sure on that yet, but like, I think that the big people that stood out, uh, I think definitely Cody. I think he, correct me if I'm wrong, my, I think he had the most confessionals in the episode. Um, I believe so. I believe he had like, yeah. um, and in fact, 11? I did write this down because we're doing actually one more 12 because we're doing 12, our wow. draft because we're doing our draft yeah. and, and confessionals i'm oh, sorry no nine confessionals i looked at the total points he got for this episode nine confessionals so okay. because of the fact that we're doing this draft and we're doing the point system differently where yeah, yeah, point. i actually did look at it yeah so the only yeah. person who got more confessionals than him was ellie at 10 so they were the two mm -hmm. standouts I, I was gonna say her next but um cody you know, I think it's not going to be because he's going to be this big player. Maybe, maybe I, I did actually was, I was actually impressed by him when he, he, he's a salesperson himself. And then he threw the only other salesperson on his tribe under the bus. I loved it. You know, I think, I think most people would say I'm a salesperson. She's a salesperson. We should link up. He thought the opposite. I'm a salesperson. So then I know how dangerous they are. So I'm going to yeah. cut the head off the snake. I, really I think he's like making the right move. <laughs> yeah. Same. Same because yeah. not only, you know, is, the, is that conception 
true in most cases. You know, salespeople are pretty good at um, manipulating things. But also Justine in particular, I think, was a really good choice to target and kind of put a little target on her and just like have a little lingering thought. You know, it kind of reminds me of the Russell seed. Plant a little Russell yes. seed and let it, let it sprout. I think he did that very well. And on top of that, I really, I thought, you know, if anyone deserved to get that many confessionals, it was him. So, yeah. Before we go into Ellie, because I know that's the second person you are mm-hmm. going to talk about, I want to give my opinion about Cody as well. Cody is probably my favorite mm-hmm. at this point as well, because I get major um, Tony Vlacos upside vibes from him if he does well. Like, I think. You know, we spoke about this in the preseason stuff when I had to choose him and my team. Uh, I said, listen, this guy could either crash and burn early because he's going to be like a bull in a china shop and he's going to play very hard or he is going to, people are not going to be ready for him. This is a faster game where they keep talking about the fact that the pace of the game is faster. I think that the people that are coming into this season is also looking at the Erika's and the Marianne's of the tribes, which Mariah, I think we'll talk about that later on. She came in after Marianne. Not a great time to come in to play Survivor 43 because Marianne just won. Mm -hmm. Prior to that, you know, Erica just won. So I think that people are awake and they're looking at these players that are not as active and they're saying we need to get rid of them early because they're the ones that get to the end and then somehow they just outlast everybody Mm -hmm. and they win the show. So I think Cody is coming in at the right time where maybe people are going to gravitate towards someone that's playing a bit more aggressive. And as a salesperson myself, you know, I, I manage sales teams as well. I would have targeted yeah. the other salesperson as well because I know, yeah. like, I, salespeople are the people you want to hang out with in life. They're fun to be around, but they're your competition out there. So if they're good at pulling people in, if they're good at socializing, building rapport, and then selling an idea, which is what selling is, you want to make sure that you're the one doing that, not the other person. So, I can see the parallel actually even here with Tony having to lie about being a cop to Sarah very early on and him lying about being a salesperson. So there's a lot of upside Um, here that I'm really enjoying at this point. Who knows? Maybe um, later in the season, Cody will secretly confess to Justine that he he is a salesperson, (laughs) then vote her out and then revert back. Yes, (laughs) salespeople are us. Um, That that would be very funny, yeah. Um, Yeah, Let's have a, a look at who's in the live here so far. So Christian Gal is in the live as always. Thank you, Christian, for being here. We really appreciate you um, saying that it's good to see you guys back. Um, the Fury Tiger Wolf, welcome to the stream, also has a question. Says, hey, Chris and Jake, everyone, are you guys a fan of the three tribes of six without a swap before merge? Uh, how do you feel about the fact, you know, we spoke about this a little bit, Jake, that it's three seasons in a row that we're seeing the exact same format you know, and and three tribes being one of those formats. We know we're probably not going to get a swap tribe at this point either because of the way that the game is structured, which I'm not, I don't know how I feel about it. Like it was cool not seeing a swap two two times in a row because we've seen it so many times, but I kind of feel like I'm missing it at this point, especially after some of the great swaps we had in Survivor South Africa. Yeah. Uh, so I, I was going to ask is, do we know for sure? Or are we just kind of assuming since like the structure... Assuming at this stage, we're just assuming. Okay, yeah. So if it if it is the case, then I'm I'm not a fan of that. Three seasons in a row, I was a fan of it. Forty one, forty two, because especially because forty two did not see forty one. So you know, both of them, both of those seasons were probably expecting one because I think before that, the last season that didn't have a swap was 
gosh, I, I, I can't even remember. I can't even remember before 41, which season didn't have a swap. So it was, it was almost oh, like ages ago. Would have been, would have been so like probably the yeah. first 10, first 10 seasons or something. Probably like it must have been somewhere in there. Yeah. Somewhere in there. Yeah. Cause even in those first seasons, they did swaps. It may, may have been, yeah, somewhere in there. Someone in I think the, technically, in the I think technically Philippines didn't have a swap because uh, since Denise and Malcolm yes. got down to two, they technically, it technically wasn't a swap. They just went. Um, so I guess it would be that, but, um, yeah, I'm not a fan because then they've seen 41 and 42 and they see the structures the same. They see that like, oh, okay. They're sending people off to some Island. They're doing the no food stuff. They're probably just assuming that so they can just plan for it, which I don't like. Yeah. I don't like that when things are too predictable. Well, they, that that is when they can say things like they did in this tribal council, where they're like, "Well, we're going to be the final six, or we're just going to stay tight," because they, they they can make those kind of exactly. promises, which is yeah. crazy, which is crazy promises to make, but they can kind of think that way because maybe this is the tribe they're going to go into the merge with, so they're going to try and stay. I, was, I think at some point, yeah. you know, at some point these tribes are going to stay tribe strong, and it's going to have a counter effect to what the merge did all those years with mixing things up a little bit. Last season to me was absolutely crazy how uh, tribes were willing to give away their numbers advantage. But coming back to the six person, three tribe specifics, not a fan of it. Don't like six people in the tribe. I feel like um, it is, there's no way to hide for a player such as Mariah or a player that maybe needs to play a little bit differently. Um, I was surprised Marianne survived last season. I think she was lucky in a way that there was another person that was perceived as potentially even weaker as her in that tribe, but it's such a dangerous spot for someone like that. And I think it kind of suits in general the strong male contenders, which I should be happy about because if I was ever out there, I probably would be a male, you know, potential challenge threat, you know. So you I should love the six person. Oh, yeah, well, I think so. <laughs> 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 I could go a lot of different directions here, but I don't want to get us in trouble. But you know, you're not going to um, go that far. Yeah, but you know what I mean? Like, it should probably, it, it should fit someone like me. I feel like going into something like this, mm -hmm. if you're good at challenges, um, you're probably safer because of the six-person alliance. And that was the whole theme of this episode, right? They wanted to keep the tribe strong, so therefore the men suddenly weren't an option, which, you know, I, I don't like the six-person tribes for that very reason. Mm -hmm. still want to say hello to a few people here. Patricia Roses in the chat. Hello. Zuduman, welcome back as well. Um, I had a bit of a chat with Zuduman offline after the episode, and I know he's got a couple of hot takes as well that we'll probably get into about this first vote. Um, also here, J.E. says, I think Cody is going to win because I see him being uh, perceived similarly to JT, where his accent, funny antics are going to disarm people, and his good social game with a few good moves will win him the game. Uh, interesting. Where is Cody from? Like, I, I don't. He's not Salvin, right? He's, he's somewhere from, else. He's from iowa but then he moved to hawaii when he was an adult so do you so think that from, hawaii like, that hawaii lifestyle yeah i'm a surfer dude bro that type of vibe that mm -hmm. he's got is gonna maybe make people underestimate how smart he is mm, maybe i don't think it's gonna be that that does because you know we've seen malcolm and we've seen like jay and devin who have that exact same vibe do extremely well. And mm. I think, you know, since this season is full of super fans, they're going to know that. And they're probably going to be thinking, Oh, he reminds me of, of 
Malcolm. He reminds me of, of Jay, you know. So I I think it would be like, you know, he I think he is like a he's he seems a little out there. He's a little wild. I think that him being like kind of wild with them is gonna be what disarms him. I don't think it's gonna be the surfer bro, you know, like persona that's gonna because I think they've seen that before. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, Georgette here saying that she's in the middle of Hurricane Fiona. We'll have to watch later. Stay safe, Georgette. If you're still in the in the chat, we can completely understand it. Thanks for popping in for a few seconds. Um, Patricia Rose, uh, Rose is saying, I also miss the, the swap. Uh, it adds so much to the game. It's great to see the different people meet alliances shaken up, and it keeps them on their toes, having to constantly find new ways to strategize with new people. We agree. I think that's what we kind of said a little bit earlier totally. as well. But... Um, Let's get to the beginning of the, the episode. They've got this challenge again where they have to run. They've got to get different items, the barrels that they have to go and collect, um, and then run back and build the structure where they can get the flint off it from the top. The The big twist here, obviously, was that there was no advantage in this one, where in the previous two seasons there were an advantage. Mm -hmm. Were you surprised not to see an advantage in some format, or do you think they were just thinking to themselves, it's too obvious. If we get people to stay away for a bit longer this time, it's going to create too much of a target. And when a survivor ever yep. cared about creating targets on people's backs? I think that they probably assumed, like, these people have seen 42, they know. So they just scrapped it. But I would have wanted, you know, because, you know, they're supposed to be, like, you know, really creative, like, people behind Survivor. So I would have liked to see, like, well, maybe don't try to put an advantage that requires them to be away for a while. Try to find a different way. Maybe, like, have it hidden, like, where they have to go grab it, like, when they lift it up. And, like, even though there's, like, people next to you, you have to, like, find a way to grab it. Just put it out there. But I yeah. would have liked to see an advantage, but in a different way. I agree. Or like hide it somewhere on the boat. So the first person who gets mm -hmm. to the boat gets it. Like they used to hide it back in the day on the ship yeah. when they were doing the marooning. So someone has mm -hmm. to try and like, because you know, day one, first challenge, people are going to be scrambling. They're not in game mode yet. So I want to see that panicness of Gabler getting out there to the boat, <laughs> getting the advantage, having to stick it in his pants somewhere yeah. or something like that. I want to see that reaction. So I feel like it was a missed opportunity, but the person who stood out here, Really, again, we spoke about him just a little bit ago, but Cody, you know, comes up with the strategy of how to get the flint off and helps Dwight, you know, by saying, hey, stick the, the bamboo pole into it and then sort of push it off that way, which uh, Noelle has a really big reaction to it. And she's like, oh, that's so smart. That's so smart. Yeah. It, again, it shows you that Cody, you know, he's a bit of a wild man, but I think he's going to be one to look out for this season. He's got some smarts to him. And I think that the show, for a reason, showed us that when he helped on that specific bit there because mm -hmm. you know we're gonna i think we're gonna see more out of the box thinking from him throughout this season because of things like that yeah i don't i think that we well actually i think i i underestimated cody how smart he is i think i i took him to be kind of like jonathan where you know all he cared about was challenges but i don't think that's going to be the case at all i think he's very very sneaky and is going to be one to look out for. And I actually read that Jeff was not, that was not intended to like be like a little cheat for yeah. them to put the bamboo, which is interesting when I was watching it, I was like, Oh, they totally, they totally did that on purpose. Like they made the bamboo hollow at the end so they could do that, you know, 
But I was surprised to read that actually they didn't. And they were surprised, just as surprised as everyone else when they saw that. <laughs> I actually thought that like that's really cool that um that Cody like outsmarted the producers. And I think that that's what some of the best players do, right? They they mm-hmm. see the rules of the game and they think, how do we break it? Like Boston Rob was great at it. Like, you know, finding finding these little ins on how to outsmart production and how to win the challenge. And I think that this is also going to help Cody's cover story of being a person who works at an elevator company because that would be a very practical, hands-on type of job, not a necessarily sitting behind a, a white-collared desk and in and, and front of a computer. So I think this just sort of adds to that story where people are like, oh, yeah, definitely, he's a blue-collar person. He figured it out. It's a practical solution to how to do this challenge. But um, obviously, Red Tribe wins. So ultimately, um, you know, when we did our teams in the beginning of uh, the draft, I saw afterwards, we said we were going to split who's got what teams and, and we're going to try and be as good as we can. But you ended up very blue heavy, right? Um, I only got one blue person. I ended up very red heavy. You only you only got two red people. Um, so obviously with Red Tribe winning this one outright, I get some points at this point. But they go into Sweat and Savvy. And this is the point where they, you know, for the two tribes who didn't win, they have to choose if they're going to dig for their supplies within a little squared off space or if they're going to do savvy. And you spoke about someone that you underestimated, which was Cody coming into this. I think I severely underestimated Sammy coming into this one. There were some things about Sammy that I was right about, and then there were some things I was completely off about. So Sammy coming into this one, he did well in that first challenge, carrying the big barrel as well. He was the first one out, um, which was impressive to see. Uh, Also, at this point, he's like, I would rather go and dig because I want to hide the fact that I've got brains and I want people to perceive me as this big meathead type of guy, mm-hmm. but he ultimately is the one who comes up with the solution. Yep. Um, yep. And I feel like even though he's trying to control his threat level, time after time this episode with him starting to fire as well and everything, he's clearly the star of their tribe. Like I feel like his threat yeah. level is massive. I, I was, I was, when I knew when we were going to talk about Sammy, I was going to bring this up. I was again. I definitely underestimated him. I, I, I never said anything like that. I didn't think he was smart. It was just, I thought he was way too confident. Arrogant. Yeah. 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 Or arrogant, but, confident. Yeah. But I just thought it was interesting that, like you said, they, the, the editors did this on purpose. They put a confessional during when they're doing the, the um, challenge. And he says, yeah, like, I don't want to show him how smart I am. I want to, you know, show I want to play to what they think I am, which is a meathead. And then literally directly afterwards, he's like, look at this, look at this, I figured it out. And, you know, which of course, good on him. Like that was, I never would have thought of that. Like I was very impressed with that. I never in a million years, I could have been sat there for, for a week straight, never would have thought of it. So I'm very impressed with that, but the editors are, definitely trying to show us like he's he's contradicting himself which is not usually a good sign not a good sign and also when he solves the puzzle it's the way that he does it right because he's like i'm gonna underplay Mm -hmm. my strength i don't want to be but he's like hey guys are you ready to have your minds blown you know just by saying that it's like he's a showman and he can't help himself being a showman and being the center of attention he loves it you know, so mm-hmm. yes, he did well in a lot of things. And yes, he can back up his confidence. So, you know, it's like he's backing it up. So kudos to him. Mm-hmm. But I think his delivery is slightly off. And I do think he's going to maybe fly too close to the sun. He's, he may be Icarus 
this season and burn his wings. Like, you know, I hope he makes it deep because seeing him play so far has been exciting. And also like mm-hmm. the fact that he's aware of Owen and he sees Owen as this threat early on in the season. Owen, uh, I'm, I, I like what the editors listen. I, I look at the edit. I can't help myself after learning about edgic and stuff. I can't not notice certain things. And the thing is with Mariah and Owen, you see a very different mindset at the very beginning. Mariah says on the boat, she's like, I want to make friends. You know, they always say, you know, I'm not here to make friends, but I do, you know, like that would be great. I would love to win and make friends. And she's Mm. the first one voted out. And then there's Owen who's like, I'm really frustrated. No one is playing. I want to, you know, let's get the ball rolling. And he, those were the two on the chopping block and look who, look who came out on top. Owen did. So I think. But traditionally, can I stop you on that kind of thought? Traditionally, traditionally, which one is the better one to do? Is it better? And this is the age old question when it comes to survivor, right? Because one season to the other season could mean two very different things, depending on the people that you're playing with. But is it better to be that aggressive person hitting the floor running and trying to make all these alliances into game immediately or is it better to build meaningful relationships because you could argue that by building meaningful relationships that's how marianne won last season so what is the better one here yes it worked for owen this time but i could also see owen potentially crashing and burning like many super fans did before him by trying to play too hard too early absolutely i i totally agree but i'm what I was just saying is going off of what the edit was saying, which yeah. it seemed like they were taking Owen's side in the matter, you know, kind of showing, especially at tribal council, like they kept cutting to him and Sammy, you know, was saying like, you know, moral victories mean nothing, you know, Kumbaya is, is, you know, we can't be like that. We got to, you know, start playing. So traditionally I would totally agree with you. Like, yeah, you should totally try to like, make friends you know just try to make good relationships with everyone but it seemed like that they were taking owen's side which is kind of interesting yeah zuderman here says owner's going to turn it up i feel seeing how he switched into being passive and that got him votes but saved him i do think also it's the way that owen um did it like his his approach we spoke about sammy's approach and how he spoke and that maybe creates more of a target on him because he wants to be the showman i think owen did even though he was trying very hard to create these alliances he was itching to go he didn't want to build the shelter he wanted to get straight into building relationships he told us that to the camera but i don't think that's how he's coming across to his tribe mates i think he's got Mm -hmm. a different way of coming across his tribe mates like he said it's kind of very non-committal but just saying hey if you hear my name let me know i'll i'll do the same that's not a commitment that's not saying let's lock into a day one alliance right now we're final two so i don't think he's being too eager it's kind of just feeling out testing the water and it seems to be working pretty well because he was the only one doing that in the early stages here of the game je also says here but owen was shown as wanting to strategize and it didn't materialize while ellie was shown strategizing and it materialized for her so i'm not sure if that's a good sign for him or not um well you've got to ask yourself this jay why did they show that? Why did they show him trying to strategize? It's either, yes, he's going to be out next episode or the next one, but I don't think that's going to happen. I see warning signs for the girls, definitely for Janine. I'm fearful for Janine in the next round. I think she kind of saw 
the train coming by saying, hey, if we get rid of Mora, then the boys could stick together and then us girls, we're going to be in the outs. And I feel like Janine is the furthest one on the outs. I think feel like Ellie is a bit closer to Gabler and Owen that I think she could still survive another vote. And then Sammy would be at risk. But I feel like Janine and Sammy, to a degree, are the other two that are on the outs with Owen, Ellie, and Gabler being probably the closest. And I feel like that's the alliance we started seeing come together at the moment. I think they're going to be the nucleus, Jake. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I agree. Um, it's funny because it seemed like a lot of the the Yellow Tribe was kind of like a big contradiction where, you know, Sammy was contradicting yes. himself. Uh, and then Ellie, you know, when she was talking about her sister, um, you know, that really brought her closer with the other girls. And then she like was raving on like, yeah, girls alliance. Like I, I to totally, I work better with girls. You know, I, you know, this is what, what I, what I want. And then she votes out Mariah, which, you know, it, it wasn't that simple. You know, obviously there was more that happened later in the episode, but still interesting. Yeah, I, no, I agree 100%. And I got major Chris Daughtry vibes, like Chris saying in the first episode of Vanuatu, I can outsmart men any day. I don't, I can't outsmart women. And then he went on to outsmart women to win that season. Could this be Ellie saying, hey, I'd much rather work with women this season. And then she ends up working with men all season and potentially winning against men. Like, could this be a thing? You know, I kind of want to uh, wish it into existence. But I do know that Ellie, there's a few people that weren't happy with Ellie for making this move. You know, some of the fans, people that got behind Moira, wanted Moira to do well. I understand that because she was the reason that Moira ultimately went home this episode. Mm -hmm. She's the one who put the target on her. Uh, how do you feel about Ellie putting a target on Moira after they had this deep connection? I mean, Moira was the first one to go there and give her a hug. And then she ends up being cutthroat and cutting her. Like for me personally, as a fan, I want my players to be cold hearted. I want them to be making the moves that they need to make. So I love the move, but I don't know if it was the right move yet. Cause I can see Janine's fears as well. I think with this move, are you saying like, what would it have been better to, take out owen potentially what well, or gabler because gabler was or offering gabler. himself up like he was offering himself up and the the whole reason for this happening was saying that mora was a weakness in the tribe but mora was the first one over the balance beam in the challenge that's she what was, i'm saying she was she was holding her weight I in the challenges like, so i feel like it was a cop-out and gabler was struggling yeah. i feel like gabler was struggling at the end when it gabler came to was struggled janine struggled uh, yeah anyway it was like anyone but Mariah was struck, struggled in that challenge. I, I did not understand that whatsoever. Yeah, so so I kind of I kind of feel like Ellie potentially missed an opportunity to get rid of someone with a, that was truly weak. But I do think we saw those connections forming, and Ellie is thinking about connections, and they need a reason to vote more, vote more out. So they just jumped on she's going to be a weakness in the challenges when I just don't feel like we saw her being a weakness. Like I think mentally maybe by saying things like we still won in our hearts, you know, that's not great. Yeah. Like, you know, cause mm -hmm. I could see myself when that happened, I was rolling my eyes so hard at tribal council. I was like, Oh Jeff my goodness. Too. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, man, like yeah. moral victories, like Owen said, I've got many of those in my real life. I don't need them in survivor. So maybe the yeah. personality thing did come through. And what I actually think happened personally is I really think Moira had a target on her because people saw Marianne in her. She was bubbly. She was social. She, you know, just came off the back and sudden, sadly, 
you know, optics matter. She looks like Marianne. Marianne just won. She's got the same bubbly personality, not as over the top as Marianne. Mm -hmm. I think it did. I think it put a target on her. Like if you're going to vote out someone based on the fact that they're going to be a threat because you see certain characteristics that other winners had. And some of these people may be newer to Survivor that just started watching it since the pandemic. Marianne is your reference for who wins this game. Mm -hmm. I definitely think that that Marianne winning the last season, you know, was a huge reason of why Mariah went home. What I think is interesting is that I think we're like I kind of mentioned before, like with meaningful relationships versus like I guess I don't know what the opposite would be, but I think that like, you know, even though Ellie and Mariah were able to make kind of a meaningful connection over her sister, that didn't matter. It's like, mm. they're kind of showing like the game is more than that. You know, it's, it's always do what's in your best interest, not who did you make the better connection with? Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's interesting because each tribe, you know, we say that men, in a six-person tribe would probably have more power. But if we go back to Evie's tribe, I forgot the name back in the day, they voted out all the men early on. And then they ended up with only Xander, right? In yeah. that tribe. So it's like, so from one season to the other season, it can be so different. Like the personalities truly make you decide who goes first in a different order. And um, we spoke about the meta of this new age of Survivor. The meta is Erica. The meta is Marianne. Those are the players I think that maybe if these guys are smart enough, they're looking out for them early on and they're saying, well, I know that Cody is over the top and he's in front of us. Maybe Sammy being like that, but at least I know where he's at and I know the threats in front of me. I don't know when Mora is going to become a threat. I don't know mm -hmm. when some of these other players that are perceived as like a Cassidy will become a threat, you know, in the game because she's trying to be the Fox in the season. Well, people are looking out for the Fox because the Fox have won in the last two seasons. Yep. That, that's my totally. take on it. Okay, yeah. so let's talk a little bit about Gabler, like while we're still on the Baka tribe. Um, what did you think of Gabler? Like he was such a big presence throughout this episode. He was a big personality. Um, they showed him all over the pr uh, previews for the season. Do you feel like he's longed for this game? What did you like? What did you not like this episode? I have absolutely no idea what is going to happen with this dude. He could go home. I mean, he's not going home next episode because he has – the idol and it's only good until next episode but it's funny we were talking about sammy potentially pulling a zane and then gabler was the one that did it which is funny because we should have assumed it was going to be him who did that so i don't know why we were surprised but he's a heart surgeon do you like i mean listen he's probably really good at his job really good at his I don't, job so i don't want to i don't want to i don't want to bring heart shade surgeon to. i think he's, oh, he's like it, it's funny I cannot, I don't understand. He is a heart valve specialist. Valve specialist. He does, I don't think he, ha, he is a medical doctor. I think he like, okay. Specializes in like the prosthetic, like valves that you can All right. put. Cause I, I was going to yeah. say, I would be nervous about this guy operating on me while I'm out. You know? <laughs> so if he's really a doctor, I, I don't want to cause him any yeah. loss to his practice, but you know, like just by his decision making in this first episode, being all over the place, like Dolores said here, the minute Gabler said he was putting himself up, that's it. I would have given it to him. Rule number one, you never offered to go up. Um, he was offering to play his shot in the dark. So it means he could still be safe and he can't vote. So he's no use to his alliance. Like Ellie said, we, they needed his vote. 
Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's clearly feeling the pressure because he's the oldest guy and he feels insecure about it. Being 15 years to 20 years older, he's grasping he at straws to connect to the challenge. Yeah. So, I mean, he, I would have been him. worried if I were him. Yeah, I'm, I'm worried for him. I feel like it's interesting because we're already saying Gabler. So, you know, does that mean he's going to be a big personality throughout the season? Because Jeff already gave him that last name, nickname. I feel like he's, he's still long for this game. Well, listen, the last name isn't always the best thing because we saw Voce didn't do so True. hot. But yeah, I, I hope. Has it become like a participation in... trophy these days? Like it's, I'll just it's give they're it, just it, giving it to it. anyone. Yeah. <laughs> You yeah. used to have to earn the last name nickname. Now they yeah. just give it to anyone. Yeah. I really hope he's in it for the long haul because he's crazy. And it's, I think, honestly, I do think, I do think he's in it. I think he and Ellie are going to be kind of a pair, but kind of an unlikely yeah, I mean, pair. It's interesting you mentioned that because, I mean, Ellie who Christian also says is like Michelle 2.0, but aggressive gameplay. I, I agree. She's definitely mm-hmm. giving me Michelle vibes, but a lot more I'm going to act on what I'm seeing where Michelle is more, I see it, I'm going to sit back for now, and then I'm going to make yeah. the move later on. So we'll see how that plays out for Ellie because Michelle has won once, you know, so that strategy has worked. But is Ellie maybe the more evolved version? Who who knows? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. I want to see it play out. But Ellie did... You know, bond with Gabler. She pulled on all of the knowledge she had of these rock bands or metallic <laughs> bands to make the connection. That was a funny scene to see. And um, I think for Ali, it's perfect to be um, tied to Gabler potentially because I don't, I don't know. Like, I mean, he's going to have to do a lot right to win this season. He's already a lot older than them. I think he's already going to feel like he's not connecting with everybody. Doesn't speak their lingo. So I do feel like Ali with that. That's a smart one because you also want to align yourself with someone that's going to be loyal. He's shown himself as someone that will throw himself in front of a bus, you know, good or bad. So I feel like there's a lot of good and, and potentially aligning here with um, Gabler moving forward. I think that it was interesting. Really Jay, Jay's saying, sorry, just uh, Jay's saying they didn't know that Marianne won yet. So did they go out while the season was still on? I think, oh, you know what? I think that, I think he's right. I think that they left like more towards the latter end of all right 42 but it hadn't quite finished yet i actually i think interesting yeah interesting i mean interesting so i might be completely off of my read i could i could be completely off of my read where i thought maybe that's why mora was a target so early on um thanks for that jay i didn't realize that at all yeah let me figure this out i mean yeah, they, they started yeah. filming on May 2nd, and I don't, yeah. So I think, yeah, I think that's right. Middle of 42, he's saying, mm-hmm. and Christian is saying in yeah. May, yep. So yeah. um, Zudaman says he doesn't really see similarities between Ellie and Michelle in any way. I mean, way. They, 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 they look like each other, I think. Yeah. Zudaman's saying that Gable is Mike from now on. He, he lost his deserve, privilege. To he name. lost his privilege to be called Gabler. <laughs> um, and Dolores say Gabler is so obsessed that he's so much older than he's actually making himself out to be weaker. Yeah, he's getting in his own in his own head. And uh, Richard, my co-host for Survivors of Africa here in the live as well, saying Gabler's honesty and heart will help him in the game. Um, maybe for a couple of rounds. I don't know if it's going to win him the game, but maybe people can use that to their advantage and play the game a bit deeper with him. I think um, what I was going to say, I think it was really smart for Ellie 
especially I think it, I mean, obviously it hadn't happened yet at the time, but it ended up working out really well because now Gabler is just happy that he's still there. I mean, he, mm. he thought, even though he had an idol, he still thought like that there was a big chance of him going home and Ellie, you know, kind of like talked him, talked some sense into him and it was like, you don't need to be playing your shot in the dark. Like you're fine. We've got you. And I think yeah. that he's like, Oh really? Like, Oh, thank you. And I think that, and it's really just low risk for Ellie. I mean, Gabler's not going to rat her out to anyone, you know, like, I think, like I said, he's just, ha he's just grateful that somebody's looking out for him. So I think it was really smart. Yeah. Russell Muscle TV, welcome to the live um, as well. Thank you for checking it out. Uh, Zane's gameplay. So basically, he's saying Gabler is wild. He did Zane's gameplay right. For those that are listening to the audio version of this podcast, Russell Muscle TV has also is a friend of the channel. Has also got a YouTube channel here. Great survivor content. So if you want to see more video footage um, and even a few podcasts that we recently did there with ranking all the survivor seasons, go check out Russell Muscle TV on YouTube as well. You haven't seen it yet? I haven't. I should have been involved, Chris. I would have set you guys straight. Oh, really? You don't even know what the ranking is yet. Mm -mm. But I'm I already, I already know that I'm gonna have some disagreements. So so who would have been well slightly off topic, but what would have been your top three seasons? Our top threes would probably be similar, but it's more like the middle ones. Middle ones. And like, Russell gave me a lot of Russell gave me a lot of stick for the middle ones because I kept saying it's so hard to rank these middle ones. Like you can like, kind of interchange them at certain points. Like I'm yeah. more worried about like what is the top ten and what is the bottom ten or bottom five. Like that to me matters more than the. Listen, most. I'm. I will say right now, if you guys had winners at war in the top five, then mm -mm, man says, a... "What's your bottom five then? If you're not going to give us the top five, three. one world, <laughs> worlds apart." Um, Ghost Island, Thailand. Mm. I don't know. Those four are definitely there. Those ones suck. They suck. Well, I'll I'll <laughs> share the list with you at the end of this. But you got to actually yeah, yeah, go I'll, check I'll it out. It. Go check some of it. Yeah. it. It is good. It is good. It's definitely worth watching um and go check it out there was a lot of great collaborations on that as well with yeah. uh too I'm many people to mention guys. Podcast, I'm sure was, but all, I'm sure all the people all the all the big youtubers were on there so i felt very privileged to be on that and who knows next time i know we're going to be doing more of this in the future jake we'll pull you in uh for one of these as well it's a bad time because i was doing other things you know with mm -hmm. survivor south africa i was traveling i was in south africa then here uh but we'll we'll definitely organize something or maybe even do it on this channel we'll pull some of the youtubers back and, and do something on this where we can host it i know that russell would enjoy that not having to put in as much work because hosting can be a full-on thing when you're doing it for the first time you know you've got a lot of prepping to do um okay so we've spoken a lot about the baka tribe let's go on to one of the tribes that i feel like you know um didn't really get as much airtime, but they're the other one that chose the sweat you know the the cocoa tribe the blue tribe uh they end up with both james and joe digging and they get it within 30 minutes um i don't know james uh who was ryan 
digging and rhymed it the X strategy, which I thought was pretty, pretty good, pretty ingenious, you know, um, and showing that he's going to think differently. You spoke about the fact that you were high on Ryan coming into the season because you said in Survivor, sometimes you've got to think differently. So were you impressed with Ryan here in this first episode and, and you know, general thoughts on choosing this option um, and, you know, for them to go into Geo sacrificing himself and doing it as well because he felt like he didn't pull his weight at that opening challenge? Yeah, I thought that was interesting. I mean, it's it's bold. We saw Owen be like, Sammy, why are you, why are you saying we should do sweat? I mean, that's going to, you know, and – Unfortunately, I think that's exactly what happened because we kind of see the, the other four end up kind of having an alliance now. They're more on the outs. You know, they're kind of on the fringes. They still have, a, at least Geo kind of has a connection with Carla, but you didn't really see much from Ryan having a connection with anyone as much as I really like him. And I hope he does well. I Unfortunately, I don't know if it was choosing sweat that made him kind of lose out on some connections or if it was, I mean, it only took him 30 minutes. So there's no way, but Mm. I think Ryan, unfortunately we didn't see any connections. So I'm a little worried about that. Well, the strongest connections on that blue tribe ended up being between the ladies of the tribe, right? So you had uh, Lindsay, Carla and Cassidy who were all linking up very early on. Um, You've got, at that point, also Lindsay bringing in James. And James is someone I'm still keeping an eye out for James. I still think he could be a player this season. You know, it's the chess master. Um, talking about I having a so. couple of moves in totally. advance. And he he's open to it. Like, he does the right thing here. He's like, yep, I, I'm happy to work with the girls, even though there's no guys in that alliance. Um, he says it's good to be perceived as not being in control and to look like they've got the power over you, which is a very interesting take but it is also the way you play chess sometimes you want people to you lure them in to making a mistake so you can make the checkmate move i think that that's good in theory but also you know if we do see you know there's no tribe swap that might come back to bite him if he you know if they take out geo then ryan well who's next i mean i think I think the girls are probably going to stick together. So I think that would work out like insanely well if they line it up where he, if they are able to take out Ryan and Geo, and then those four can make it to the merge, then I think that's really good. But one more tribal, I think that could spell doom. Yeah, true. I'm just laughing at this comment from Christian Gale. James Shorts comes off so bad um, every single time he was he in that challenge. Belt. Yeah, even even when Ryan got him up and then he get up and Ryan's like, pick up your pants, you know, like what's in the <laughs> middle of the challenge. His pants just doesn't want to stick. Can you imagine what his pants is going to be like if he gets to day 26 or day 20? I know. Like, it's I mean, already it's already falling day, off now. Yeah, yeah he's gonna, if he's going to keep losing weight, it's no. He won't even be able to stand with them staying yeah. on. Dolores here says, do you think that they would have been allowed to use a branch or a stick to start poking holes into the sand to see if they hit something? I feel well, like I mean, it was they probably... Like, shovel. They could have yeah, used right. a shovel. So, to sort of poke. Also, I do want to say I know that you kind of praised the strategy, but I'm, I'm, I'm kind of struggling to see how that helped. Because mm. they could have done... I mean, what if it wasn't in the X? then 
I feel like the blue tribe's the tribe that's gonna. Sorry for interrupting your train of thought. I feel like the blue tribe is the one that's gonna fall away this season because we didn't get much from them in this first episode. It's always the blue tribe, and we didn't see the men aren't really connecting from what we can see. Uh, Joe's got a connection with Carla. I feel like Carla is the center of that tribe, and she's the one where everybody's sort of coming to her and talking to her. And she's like, you know, I came into the show, I was feeling insecure. I thought people would think, who is this girl? You know, we're not going to want to work with her. And now everybody wants to work with her. So I feel like she's finding herself in new territory. And, you know, she's shown in the preseason content and also through her confessionals, that she's willing to be devious. So it's dangerous to have the most devious person in the tribe, the center of the tribe. But I feel low on the chances of anyone in blue at this stage. Like, there's no one in blue, for me, that stood out where I'm like, I'm going to put I'm gonna put my backing behind this person. This person's winning the game. Mm-hmm. Carla's probably the one that made the biggest impression on me. Yeah, I, I agree. If anyone from that tribe, it would be her. I think that we like I, i'm struggling to think did we even see like james like we did obviously we saw ryan and geo um interacting with each other when they were doing the challenge but we didn't see them interact the men interact at all at all other than that very weird yeah. and you would have you would have thought that james and ryan would have some things in common like because you see all yeah. these people connecting over certain things that they have in common you've got carla and geo connecting because they're both latino um and they're both uh you know gay so they've got that commonality that they can talk about and you know geo talking about the fact that you know it's hard because his family doesn't necessarily um accept him especially in that community where he now has to go on without his family so i feel like they had a very valid connection and you know i was very um i was a bit i think we both were a bit critical on joe because he was the last person picked or one of the two last people picked right um in in, in our draft and we were like maybe see a little bit of romeo in him but i can Mm -hmm. definitely see he's different to romeo in some ways i can't put my finger in it yet finger on it like but i feel like he's going to play differently i just think i think their personalities are different as well yeah um but it's funny i think that you know carla and Geo were probably watching um they're probably um wait i guess no that wouldn't have happened because i was going to say they were probably watching 42 and thinking you know when high and romeo kind of had that connection they're like oh man you know we i thought we were you know that was individual to us but they had it too but then i realized that they went out and filmed it after seeing 42. I think I think we're seeing these things happen more now because mm-hmm. of diversity, you know. And I know people yeah. are like, you know, it's needed on the show. You, you need to see it, but by bringing diversity in, you have different people having conversations that we haven't seen on our screen before. Um, yeah. And I know it's a touchy subject for some people because they don't want to see necessarily the whole time the show go away from the strategy and just the gameplay. But these are still human beings having a human experience out there. So if you're going to put two gay Latinos on the same tribe, yeah. they're going to have the conversation. It's up to production if they want to show it or not. It might not mean much to me or you because we're not Latino and we're not gay, you know, yeah, but, but, but for <laughs> someone who is, this yeah. means a lot to them. So I don't have a problem with it. It didn't overpower the show. It was just a short moment, you know, for them to bond. No, I'm sorry. Anyone, anyone complaining about that is dumb. I'm, I'm sorry. I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to get into it too much, but that, yeah, that bothers me, anyone that, because, yeah, Yeah. that really means something. But we lost Jake there at a pivotal moment. 
I feel like he probably would have um, given us some real good <laughs> insights there. But yeah, I think it was a great moment. It's good to see it on the show. Did I cut out just now? You back? Yeah, you're back. We just lost you there, but I think we can move on from it. We both agree. Yeah, it's yeah. a good moment. It's, it's a good fine. moment. Um, all right. So, anything else on the Blue Tribe you wanted to talk about? Was there anything that sort of stood out for you on the Blue Tribe outside of that? Like, I mean, Lindsay, what did you think of Lindsay coming in? She was your third pick overall for the draft. I was. Did she live up to your expectations, or are you a bit worried? Yeah. And I'll bring us up. I'm not. I'm not really worried about her. I think that. The only thing that worries me is I just don't have a lot of faith in that tribe in general. And it kind of sucks because, yeah, didn't I draft the most people <laughs> from that tribe? You drafted. You drafted. Jake, you drafted a lot of people from Blue. You got Lindsay, well, I mean, technically Ryan, I didn't, Carla, Cassidy, I didn't, and Gio. Technically, I didn't draft Gio. He was given to me, but you're right. Shade. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which, just remember you know, this kinda, if Gio wins the season. Actually, when Gio yeah. wins the season, just remember. <laughs> <don't think> <laughs> uh, you know, it's kind of funny. Yeah, looking now, it's like I'm not really sure why Gio was the last one. I don't think there was really anything. Like, there were no red flags, really. I think he's probably going to do he's probably going to do fine. I don't know. We'll see. But yeah. yeah Jay is saying Lindsay is definitely good. giving Chrissy Hofbeck vibes, which is what you – said i think when you drafted her right jake that that was what you I mentioned did. as well the yeah. Chrissy Hoffbeck vibes i i agree with that and there's a few people that are seeing it the same way um let's have a quick look here so the red tribe that's the tribe for me where there was a lot going on this episode <laughs> you know mm -hmm. there's a lot going on they got they got all of they got the the tools they didn't have to do sweat or savvy Started building the shelter, which was a hot mess. <laughs> you know, the shelter coming down on Dwight's head. Struggling yeah. to get the fire started. A lot of dodo music playing at certain Did you times. see, so wondering... yeah, when, when Justine finally got it, it was like, she didn't notice. And she was like almost yeah. standing on the fire. I was like, go, 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 go. <laughs> it like happened at the exact same time where the shelter fell. That, yeah, that could have been bad, but... <laughs> Yeah, it was it was uh, yeah. it was it was an interesting tribe. Like, I mean, there was like I said, there was the the dodo music playing at times. So I'm like, mm -hmm. I don't know if this is going to just be the fun tribe that we're all going to have a lot of fun with, or do they legitimately have a chance to go deep in this game? But they've got big personalities. We spoke a little bit about the different groups that started forming here with Cody, Jesse, and Neka getting together mm -hmm. and, and and creating an alliance, which I really like that group. We saw the conversation. You know, as we we're touching on a few things here on this red tribe, we saw the conversation between Cody, Jesse, and I believe Necker, where Jesse spoke a little bit about his past and the tattoos that he had on his face and the back of his head um, and what he went through. And again, this mm -hmm. is another person that we've never seen on the show. You know, people are saying, oh, we're seeing too much of their backstories or we're seeing too much. Of, like, listen, like you said, there could be a kid in juvie right now over in the US watching this. You know, because they a lot of the times watch reality TV shows and in, in, in those types of places, and they could see this guy who went to go get his PhD, who studied, you know, changed his life around and is now a survivor and potentially could be playing a good game because he also seems to be the person that's in the middle on that tribe. Mm -hmm. So such an important yeah. conversation. I like that alliance. I hope Cody, Neka, and Jesse is the alliance that Jesse goes with, but Jesse also has yeah. an option to go elsewhere if he wants to. I hope it is too. 
Um, that's a you know, that, that's just an interesting threesome. I, don't, I never would have expected them, but totally so I, different. I, yeah, I know. I I love I love Jesse. I love his story um, because it's kind of when you're in the, the yeah the Jew juvie system as a kid, it's kind of like bonked into your head constantly. Like you're screw up. You know, if you keep going down this path, you're you're not going to amount to anything. You're going to join a gang, drugs and stuff. And he was able to break out of that. Not many people are able to do that. And a lot of people think that it's impossible to do that once they're in. It's like, yeah, I'm just yeah. stuck. I'm just a screw up. But it's not. And like you said, somebody could be watching and thinking, wow, yeah, like, you know, if he can do it, why can't I? Yeah, Jay saying exactly. Jesse can be an inspiration for that kid. Um, mm -hmm. Who else here? Neka has a Sari. I can feel it vibe to her. And then mm -hmm. I think there is a response here with Zoom and says, I disagree. Rich Neka doesn't like lying. She wants to go through the game without lying. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's a good good observation because I think we automatically assume that Neka is going to be like a Sari, but Neka's background is so different coming from Nigeria being an immigrant that had to like resell yes she's been in the country for 20 plus years now she would have climatized mm -hmm. to the country really well i mean i'm an immigrant as well i moved to new zealand i've been here for 15 years and um i kind of feel like a local <laughs> like to be honest like i know the culture i understand it i speak mm -hmm. the ling lingo after a while so she might be okay but nika i don't know i feel like nika she's gonna be that trustworthy person to work with she actually maybe she's more like a taj maybe mm -hmm. can you see that from token jeans did i get that right lost jake again at a key spot yeah, here. am i cutting out yeah you cut out for a second ah man i'm sorry i don't know i'm not sure why that's did, happening did, but um, did you do you see do you see maybe taj. like a, a taj connection because i feel like she was she, she was loyal to stephen fishback and um uh yeah. jt and that could again you know some people said cody reminded them of jt so would that make jesse yeah. fishback <laughs> i think that you know they're a bit different from each other but maybe yeah. game wise they'll be similar and then we'll see cody i don't think i think jesse end. gets votes if he gets to the end but i mean cody yeah. could be the greatest salesperson yeah. of all time who knows um what was i gonna say um oh for nick uh, i hope i'm saying yeah. that right um i think you are i was worried about her coming in because of the whole she mentioned in her preseason that she does not like lying but i was glad that she did not mention that because that hopefully means that the editors didn't think that was important and maybe she gets more comfortable with lying because that's kind of what you need to do in survivor i mean I, have we ever seen anyone win without lying I, I don't think so so i think it's impossible no you're gonna you're gonna have to at some point you're gonna have to like, i think some people got to the end playing a bit more of an honorable game like did errors ever lie I don't feel like Aris, Aris really lied. Mm, Not in his first season. Probably, I don't feel he like he probably did. He probably did, honestly. But um, that, that I think that's what that annoyed season, people about Aris. I think that's what annoyed. Yeah, but I feel like that's what annoys people about Aris because it's like he played yeah. such a straightforward cookie cutter vanilla game, you know, type mm -hmm. of thing. But, anyways, yeah. Um, yeah. So the rest of the people on that tribe, you've got Justine and Noel, who seems to be linking. 
Mm-hmm. We kind of saw this coming, right? Because I said previously did, as well, yeah. like they're both kind of like alpha female type personalities. Um, they're connecting. They're trying to pull Jesse in. Uh, it leaves Dwight kind of in the middle because I don't know where Dwight is. Where, where's his head at? Like what's I'm happening with Dwight? Him. I feel like Dwight might get taken. He might get sniped here before Justine because of the fact that he was willing to go to the new decision-making rock place in the game. You know? Yeah. But even before that, even before he went, it just kind of it just didn't seem like he was really connecting with anyone. We didn't really see any like good one-on-one conversations that he had. And of course, you know, I, I think that him being honest about it at least kind of saved him because and it was good that he was able to like have proof, like, yeah, I didn't get the advantage. So but if he didn't like show them and was like, oh, I didn't get it, they'd be like, I don't believe it. Also, I thought it was funny that Cody didn't believe his story, even though he was telling the truth about, yeah. um, I think he was like, well, why, you're completely dry. So, uh, but I mean, <laughs> Fiji well, is hot, Cody. The sun is strong. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah. Well, it does make you wonder. It does make you wonder how long were they on the island to make the decision, and did they have to walk back? Maybe they got picked up at the Probably rock. Not. They didn't have to make the hike. Maybe they didn't have to make the hike back to the beach. Mm-hmm. Like, Probably, yeah. It. They probably just picked them up on the the other island. What did you What did you think of that island? While we're on the topic of it, you know, like all the the little rock thing that they had to walk to. Like, do you like this more than them going up the peak? Do we do we still need this mechanic in the game to make it interesting? Like, like I feel like there's something missing on this thing. Like, it's not yeah. as exciting to me. Like, you know, Immunity Island. You watched Immunity Island, right? Yeah. Survivors of Africa. Yeah, I know yeah. there's a lot of people. There's a lot of people who who haven't watched that season that are listening to this because they don't watch the international versions. But I felt like there was more to Immunity Island because people went to the Immunity Island. They didn't just get immunity or get an advantage. And it wasn't always an immunity. It was sometimes a different type of advantage. But they had to mm-hmm. play for it. And they had to decide, do I want to play the game and risk my vote? Kind of like how Ghost Island was, but I feel like it was improved to what Ghost Island did. Um, I feel like there needs yeah. to be a different mechanic to this because they're simply just bluffing, risk your vote, don't risk your vote. I, I don't know. Like maybe this is, if we're being critical, it's one of the ones that have kind of doesn't hit it for me at the moment. It doesn't. It doesn't. It's not doing it for me either. I'm with you. Um, I was like, when I saw like, oh, they have to go over to that rock, like, okay, that doesn't look that far, but I was, I mean, I guess it was kind of cool to see that it was a bit more difficult to walk. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just trying to find anything positive. I mean, I think that, you know, I think there's a lot of positives that we've had. I think we've been more positive than some, but we can, we can, we can acknowledge a few little shortcomings, you know, um, I will say about the game. I was a bit confused. I didn't really get the what the game was at first. So, yeah. but I, eventually I was able to like, oh, okay. Yeah, so basically it's, like, it's, it's cool. simple. Yeah. It's simple. Talk to each other. Are you going to risk your vote? Not bluff if you can. Mm-hmm. Um, and then with them having to choose risk or not risk, if you risk, you pull from a bag. If all three of them risked, only one out of the three bags would have had an advantage, which, you know, mm-hmm. is fair. And if you saved your vote, you don't risk, you save your vote. So if one person only risks, they automatically get the back with the with the thing. So Dwight right. made it a competition by going in as well. I did like mm-hmm. Carla's observation here when Gabler said, hey, 
see you at the merge where she was like well i may be getting to the merge because my vote is important in a six-person tribe which yeah. is very true i would what would you have done in that situation because i tell you what i would not have risked my vote not in a six-person mm -hmm. tribe. Mm -hmm. i'm just shocked that no. people do it i know it's like <laughs> i'm sorry even if it's an idol like even an idol is not going to guarantee you anything and very rarely have we seen an idol like astronomically improve someone's chances at winning like it's i mean it's better to have one than not but yeah i just yeah and especially one that lasts for two tribals if it's like two tribals like it's not no, worth it yeah it's, it's so and especially on a six-person tribe like you said if this was a 10-person tribe i think more about it because you can get away with you know one vote being yeah gone especially not just in an alliance but like when the vote count comes, they're not really going to notice. They're going to be, you know, nine other votes. Yeah. Well, to me, it's just insanity. Like, Dwight choosing to go volunteering to go, the only person volunteering to go, I'm like, what are you doing? Like, I would try everything in my power not to go. Like, even if they did, like, the random, like, uh, who, who was it? I think it was James who said, well, we can't go. Or Ryan, James or Ryan, one of the two said, we can't go because we have to work on the shelter. Great cop-out technique to stay at camp. You know, because the shelter is not done. Future yeah. players, take note of that. Just be the guy that says, sorry, I'm working on the shelter, can't go. Because no way in hell do yeah. you want to go there on day one. Because I feel like it just puts too much of a target on you, unless you're Gabler. I understand Gabler's situation because he felt out he was a bit older. You know, him saying that only uh -huh. one person has ever won this game that's older than 50, which is Bob Crowley, right? Um, mm -hmm. And he's like, I, I need to, if I'm going to win, I need to do things differently from what other older men have done when they've come and played this game. I understand his strategy. It's crazy what he does with it at the end. Yeah. But up until that point, I was still with him. I was like, I, I get you. I follow you on what you're trying to do. Yeah. But Dwight? Foolishness. Yeah, and I want to say for, for Gabler, mentioning that there's only one other person, Bob, I'm sorry, but like Bob himself was a fluke. So, I mean, if it weren't for like everything possible, like every weird thing possible happening that was able to happen and Bob ended up winning, there would be no person over 50 that had won. So, I, I mean, I, I think that the the thinking, the lo the logic is sound there of like, I need something more than just myself for yeah. someone my age. But yeah, for, I'm sorry, Dwight, especially when like he chose to go, whereas I believe Gabler lucked out. They did it randomly. So he mm -hmm. didn't even choose, but, but Cody and Cody was totally baiting him. Like, yeah, you yeah. know, you want to go, you want to go, you know, you want, no, you want to go, bro. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah. and Dwight was like, okay, I'll do it. It's like, how do you not see that he's, that he's doing that? Yeah. He's, it's the young, it's, it's the, it's the age, man. He's getting taken advantage of. He's getting taken for and a while. I was a little sad because, because, yeah, I, I, like I want to read, Dwight, I want to read so this comment. Yeah. Yeah. Dwight, Dwight seems like, a, like, I feel like Dwight reminds me the most of, you if you were to go out there and play just from the little bits that i've seen not that you would play it exactly like <laughs> it, but just just yeah. just I don't, I don't, and we've just determined you wouldn't have gone out there but just the right. fact that he's a young guy similar to you studies similar to you, how you're in that system you haven't really gone mm -hmm. out and experienced a lot of the world as of yet so i feel like you need to look at dwight for good or bad and like take notes start taking your notepad out and be like notes, yeah. all right 
if there's an older guy trying to bait me into going and, and, and doing something I shouldn't be doing, just don't yeah. fall for it. I want to read what Jay said here. Jay said, interesting enough, Russell Muscle said, it's better to risk your vote because in the early pre-match tribals, the votes tend to be unanimous and your vote won't change anything, especially if you're in a majority. That's the key thing there, if you're in a majority. But how do you know when you're out there that you're in the majority? Because everybody's saying they'll work with you that you don't get to watch the TV show, sit at home and, and know who's truly with you. I feel like just, firstly, the amount of target it puts on your back being out there, people know you're coming back with something. Now they're doubting you, even if you're telling the truth, like Dwight. Dwight's saying, oh, you know, this is what happened. And Cody's like, no, he's clearly lying. Why would he tell yeah. us the truth? So why do you want any of that heat on you? And rather keep your vote. Like there's just no chance you don't have, a, like if you go into a six-person alliance and you've got a vote, you're more valuable to other people. You know, if they want to make something happen, I just don't feel comfortable in a six person tribe to do this unless there is a way for me to risk my vote and no one else knows that I had to risk it. But in this case, it's a public thing that you're going to go out there and risk your vote. I don't that's, like yep. that. I don't like that because now that's, people know that I potentially yeah. don't have a vote. That's exactly what I was going to say. I was, if, you know, if no one knew that I went, then that's a different story. But they know you go, you have to come back and tell them the story of what happened. And I mean, look at what happened last season with Chanel. You know, mm. we thought like, okay, yeah, she risked her vote, but like, it's just one vote. And then, yeah. uh, yeah, look, it, you know, it the ended up sending there. Jenny home. It, it ended up sending my preseason winner pick home. Oh no, it yep. wasn't my pre, I think it was, um, high was my preseason winner pick, but she was my first female pick. So it ended up sending her home which I was gutted about, you know? So, and, and, and she didn't yep. even do much wrong. Again, two first, or was it first person or second person vote, right? Two early boots, first boots in their tribe going home mm -hmm. without, I feel like, doing much wrong, you know? It just shows you you can yeah. sometimes do not much wrong and still be the first, first person going home, which is sad, you know? Um, all right, I think we've kind of touched on all the main points for the episode. What I want to do now is go over our draft picks and the points, and also, I want to have a look, uh, maybe we react to this before we go into this. I've got a poll up for anybody that's in the live. You can still participate in this over the next day or so. I think it's still up for two more days where I ask, who is the MVP for week one? And I've got all the players. If you go to slido.com, you put the code in. I've pinned it to this live chat here as well, as well as it's in the description of this video for those that are watching it later on. Vote for who you think played the best game. Before looking at it, Jake, who do you think is the number one person after this first episode voted by our live audience so far? Who do you think is in charge? Who's number one? I think, I think Ellie. Well, Ellie is number two. Here is the... Cody. Here is the list. Sammy. Sammy is number okay. one right now. That's he's he's not, killing it. That I, I don't really have a problem with that, honestly. I think he... He had a good episode. I think when you, when you take away the, like... Yeah, if you just look at it kind of at face value, like, yeah, he kind of did everything right. He figured out the um, the challenge. He uh, was able to start the fire. He, um, you know, was able to not get voted out. Um, but when you kind of pair it with the editors kind of making a point to for him to contradict himself, mm. then it makes, you know, when you're looking at the long term. But if you're just looking at this episode, I think that's, that's perfectly fine choice. Yeah. So Sammy, number one, Ellie, number two, Cody, number three. So all three of those had big episodes. Then James and Jesse are both tied for fourth place, sort of rounds up the top five. 
at this stage. Those are the top five players for week one. So um, very interesting. I think we're seeing a lot of the things the same way. But let's get into our draft and also the draft points. I'm coming off, you know, winning the last two drafts that I participated in, Jake. Just to let you know, coming into this one, I won the Challenge USA and I won uh, Survivor South Africa Return oh, of the Outcast. I'm so, so there's scared, a lot of pressure. Chris. There's a lot of pressure. A lot of lot of pressure um, to try and get it three in a row. But uh, well, I mean, first one uh, out. Look who look who's ahead at this point. So maybe you should be the one who's worried. Well, yeah. Well, I'm going to tell you that things have not started off well for me in week one. Here. So um, I will talk about the total points. You're currently sitting after week one in first place on 75 points with your team. I'm in second place, 16 points. You've got a lead on me. I've got 49. 16? 16 points at this stage. So your biggest points getters for week one, um, tied in first Gabler. place is Gabler, tied yeah. with Cody, 12 points each for them. Gabler's points came from nine confessionals and finding an advantage. So you got three points for the finding of the advantage with the nine confessionals, putting him at 12 points after week one. Uh, Cody, who's my leading point scorer and also tied for that first place, has got 12 points. He's got nine confessionals and an outright challenge win. The first challenge, the Red Tribe one, which mm. was three points, making him 12 points or putting him at 12 points as well. But then you've got tied at second and third. Um, you've got Ali and Carla, both on 10 points. Ali's got 10 confessionals. Carla's got 10 confessionals. Oh, sorry, seven confessionals, but she also... So seven confessionals and one a challenge. That's how that one worked. And I'll share this for a second as well here so guys can see how this is coming along because I know um, some people would probably like to see how the spreadsheet is coming along. So that's the spreadsheet there. Um, we currently have one point for confessionals, three points for team challenge wins, five points for individual immunities, Making the merge is five points. Successful advantage plays is five points. Finding the advantage is three points. Votes against you is minus uh, 0.5 every time you get a vote against you. So obviously, Mariah being the first person voted out got me a total of 0.5 points because she had five votes against her. So I lost 2.5 points, and she only had three confessionals. So um, really a dud for yeah, me. Can you maybe that. zoom in? Uh... Yep. Uh, let me just see if I can... Is that better? Maybe a bit more. Yeah, that's good. All right. So yep. there you go. So Mariah's at 0. 0.5. Um, and yeah. So obviously those votes against her definitely definitely killed me. Runner-up for the season gets 25 points. Win will get 50 points. And then we've got bonus categories for most confessionals, most individual immunity wins, most advantages founds, and least votes casted against them for the season. But 75 to 49, Jake. You're starting off with a bang. Well, I thought you said you had 16. Uh, no, 49. So 16 point difference. Uh, is, is That's that right? uh, 26. Oh, 26. Point. 26 point difference. Sorry, my mouth. Okay, I thought. We, Clearly, I, thought I would have done. That, I would have done sweat. <laughs> I thought that um, when you said that that you only had 16 points. 16 I didn't points know that was in total. The no. margin. <laughs> Okay. No, so you, wow. you started off with a bang. Um, also here, Zuderman says, honestly, after this premiere, Jake definitely has a great team. Damn uh, right, I agree I with that. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting. Like, let's have a look at these teams again, just real quick here. Um, we 
I, I still feel good about my team. I've got Owen. I've got Noel. I've got, you know, Cody, Sammy. <laughs> I'm definitely going to have the characters. But I will yeah, say, yeah. with having both Jesse and Ellie, you probably have two people that are very likely to win. Those are those are God-tier level <laughs> picks at this point. I mean, you I'm, look, I'm actually pretty high on Cody after this, so... I'm hoping. Him. Yeah. We need we need another Tony Vluckles like character, but, is what I'm hoping for. Yeah, you've got Cody and you've got Justine, and one of those one of them's not gonna, gonna be one of them's not yeah. Yeah. unless they unless they do go through the whole, you know, cops are us start, or sales. Yeah, cops are us, are sales us. are us. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's pretty much it here, Jake, for mm-hmm. week one. It's been great talking to you about it. Obviously, we'll be back next week again to talk about this. Um, are we locking it in for the same day, same time now moving forward? Are you happy with that? I think, yeah. I think this will work better. All right. So same day, same time next week. Uh believe it's Saturday, 6 p.m. your time, so 8 p.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time, I believe. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So just keep an eye out for it. I always always post up the live just after the episode and we'll have the time on it. Make sure to hit the notification bell. Make sure to put a like on this video. Please subscribe to the channel as well. Um, the more people that subscribe to it, the higher the likelihood is that we can get great interviews, potential survivor players on the channel. We've had international survivor players on here before, but we'd love to get some US survivor players as well. Um, and that's pretty much it. Any final words from your end, Jake? I'm excited as uh, Christian saying in the chat next week is another hour and a half long episode. So I'm really excited for that. Oh, wow. Yeah. So we might get I know, I was, two I was surprised do think, too. Do you think it's two eliminations or one elimination next week? I think it's probably going to be one again because this one was, but one, yeah. We'll see. Well, there's a, there was Since a lot of don't... there was a lot of um introductions that needed to happen in this first episode. Well, I feel like in the second episode like we don't need to be introduced to all the people that are playing and their life You're stories. Right. So I kind of feel like it could be maybe a second but one. But also they got rid of the hourglass, so there's not gonna be an episode where no one goes home this time. Yeah. So they yeah, interesting. Got for it. Yeah, let's have a look out for it. Well, yeah. thank you to everybody that was in the live here with us today. You're all amazing. We'll see you guys next week and goodbye. <laughs>